0: We are continuing on the um, on the sermon series uh, that we have started on the book of 2 Timothy. I do not have an official statement on the election results today. I am sorry. All I'll just have to tell you guys is, may the Lord give you guys grace if your preferred candidate did not win. Um, um, may the Lord bless you, give you grace to deal with whatever that process is. For those of you who love hyenas, hallelujah, they are safe. <laughs> Some of you will get that later. <laughs> yes, but I thank God uh, for this nation, Kenya. We continue praying uh, for, our, for the peace and unity of our country and, uh, and that the people of Kenya are privileged that even in a disputed um, results we have an agreed way to resolve that and that is an answer to prayer it is an answer to prayer 15 years ago such measures weren't there and we were at one another's throats almost disintegrating into ethnic violence and war in this country So this is something to thank God for that. God has answered our prayers from way back 15, 20 years ago. Isn't that something to be appreciative of? Let's give the Lord a hand clap and shout. Yes. Yes. And so we pray that whatever comes out, that we will continue to grow as a nation in unity. All right. Now, for those of you who are not here last week, let me just give a recap of part one of our message is we covered the reason why paul wrote the book of second timothy this riveting personal letter uh, to timothy and we discussed the circumstances of his imprisonment and we also described um the intended um reader of this letter that was timothy um who and what he was experiencing paul was his mentor and encouraged him Uh, to endure. And that is what our sermon series is about. Do you remember the, the, the word we used? What was it? Shikilia. Who said shikilia? Ah, index one over there. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I'll give you a suite for that one. Okay, yes. What does endurance entail? And I said it's to be brave, to not be ashamed, and to prepare to suffer to be faithful. And that, uh, sorry, to to prepare to to suffer, as we said, and also to be faithful. Those are the four things that Paul was asking his reader. To be brave, to not be ashamed, to prepare for hard times, and also to be faithful. Now, today, mine is going to be quick. I'm going to be talking about the eight phases of endurance. The eight phases of endurance that we can have and we see in chapter 2. So allow me to read with you, uh, along with you, follow me. I'll read chapter 2 verse 1 through to 7, and then from verse 14 all the way through 26. Chapter 2 verse 1, and it will go all the way uh, to, to, to 7, and then I'll skip to chapter 14. To verse 14 and, and end on verse 26. So... Let's read this together. You then, my son, this is Paul writing to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, sorry, and the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to each other. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive according the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying. For the Lord will give you insight into all this. Let me just continue verse 8. I think it gives us better context for verse 14 through 26. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained as a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. <clears throat> Here's the trust what he's saying. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful for he cannot disown himself. Verse 14, keep reminding them of these things warn them before God against quarreling about words it's not of value and only ruins those who listen do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who does not sorry and who correctly handles the word of truth verse 16 avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene among them, like Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with the inscription, the Lord knows who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Those are the two inscriptions. So in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are of noble purposes and some of ignoble purposes. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes. Made wholly useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Verse 22. Flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. That they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. <clears throat> the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 makes me appreciate the English language with its idiosyncrasies of the culture, of the English culture. You find it in any region of the world. English takes the, um, the, the cultural uh, context. If you're in Jamaica, the way they speak uh, English there. If you're in Australia, they speak English differently. If you're in Nigeria, you know, that's the way they speak. And one way you can know about uh, that culture is by getting to learn the language, their languages, but it's also interesting to learn how they speak um, the English language. let's take for example similes okay um, a simile we know what a simile is okay uh, let me remind you uh, class four English grammar okay okay it is a figure of speech which compares one thing okay um, with an adjective, or an adverb <laughs> It's not just a verb, but an adverb, okay? It's mainly used to to describe something with an emphatic or vivid in an emphatic or vivid way. okay? Now let me give you one simile. as white as snow, yes, yes. as vast as the ocean, uh-huh. as strong as an eh? Oh, <laughs> primary, primary is just showing here. <laughs> as bold as a lion. Okay, you could come up with many of these English language similes. With, with each of these examples, you could um, you could tell about the English culture. So, if English was Kenyan, okay. So, if English was a language in Ken- it was an indigenous and and Kenyans wrote the rules for the English language. What would similes look like? Okay, here's the first one. Barry, are you ready? Okay, as fake as a. Put that one on. As fake as a bonoko, 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 bonoko. Okay, as small as. Here we go. Quero eggs. <laughs> remember those quero eggs? It's not even called quail. Quero. <laughs> so those of you who remember five years ago, this will help you. As bold as Bahati on chair during his inauguration. That was bold. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. As hopeful as a Matatu conductor. Uh-huh. Some of you are getting this so slowly. Come on, get with the program, man. As predictable as a cop. A cop. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe maybe I'm stepping on some toes. Probably for those who are in law enforcement. Okay. As prayerful as a KCSE candidate. Yes, yes, yes. Some of you got saved in Form 4. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then after that, you forgot Jesus. Forgot. You had to come to go through plug-in to remember. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yes, yes. And this is my favorite... As unpredictable as the contents of Mutura. (laughs) Clap for me, clap for me, Cinder. There we go. So now Paul anticipated that his mentee would be struggling to endure the challenges of living this faith journey. And also giving leadership to this church, the church in Ephesus. Those days the churches were not like the way we meet today. In fact, that is my prayer, that our small group ministries would be the place where really church happens, okay? So there were many small groups, many of them all over the city of Ephesus. That's why they were called a church. But each church met in a home in itself. And so, I want to suggest that This same advice that Paul gave Timothy, a youthful Timothy, can be applied to our lives today. And allow me to use some of the similes Paul used in chapter 2 to express to you how you need to endure. And that's why I'm calling them the eight phases of enduring as a believer. So, let's start. He starts with the first one. Endure as, number one, a teacher. And we find this in verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men and women who also, who also will be qualified to teach others. The picture or the analogy of the teacher shows that endurance not only matters, is not only a matter of the individual, but also the person who passes this knowledge who passes on these values to others. Remember last year, last last week I told you, if you leave the service saying, "Oh, okay, I think I've got I think I'm I'll be happy about this sermon series." Once you say "Oh about the book of 2 Timothy, you can look at it and say, "So this is what it is." In other words, what I am trying to do today is teach you and part of endurance is to learn that it is not just being taught, but also to teach. It takes time. My son, I have had to repeat to him so many times how he's supposed to sit on the table. Somehow he has learned how to rock his seat on two, the two legs. And so he pushes his back and all that. And I'm telling him boss. Okay? All the four legs of the, of the chair has to be there. But it seems that I'm, I am I'm re- repeating. Once in a while, there is some, um, there is some uh, what we call African way of reminding them. Okay? When they don't listen. But I have to teach him what it means to sit well at the dining table. So, in this case, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we endure by investing in the next generation. So, for something to be caught, it needs to be taught. Okay? And then that is passed on to the next generation. And so, endurance here comes. We are learning. Guys, we are learning about having good elections as a country. All right? And so, if we are going to see anything happen, it's not going to happen overnight. We have to go through a series of elections. Okay? Okay? A series of elections so that we can learn more and more about ourselves as a nation. Sasa. All right? So that when our children are casting their ballots, it won't be the same as what we are going through and what we have been through. So we have to learn. So endurance takes time. Why? Because to be caught, it has to be taught. The next generation of disciples, the next generation of leaders, it has to be a process of teaching. For Paul, another word for endurance is teach. Those of you who have children, it's something for you to consider. Your kids are not going to get it today. Eventually, they will. Number two, the second phase is a good soldier. Read this in verse 3 and verse 4. Paul says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Endure hardship like a good soldier for Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He or she wants to please their commanding officer. You see here, endurance here is with regards to staying focused on your marching orders. Yours is to please your commanding officer. In this case, it is Jesus Christ. Soldiers are not easily sidetracked. I, I, I actually have I've heard of known of a situation where there was a soldier, there were people, you know those guys who just stand um, during out that uh, marching parade, they're just standing in the sun, okay? And one of their colleagues just faints and just falls, <laughs> okay? The rest of the people stay in formation. They don't move because their command was to stand at attention. If somebody collapsed, somebody else will come and take care of them. It's interesting about how, how soldiers deal with their commanding officer as opposed to us. Maybe we can learn a thing or two about how soldiers respond to their commanding officer, the same Paul is telling Timothy, as a good soldier, endure hardship. Focus on what your commanding officer is calling you to do. Is it important? Yes, it is. Because this is what will help you to endure. The third phase is compete as an athlete. In verse 5, of 2 Timothy chapter 2 says, Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, they do not receive the victor's crown unless they compete according to the rules. There are no shortcuts in sporting competition. In 1988, a man by the name of Ben Johnson at the 1988 Seoul Olympics This man won the 100-meter finals and broke the world record in Seoul, only to be exposed a few days later that he was using drug-enhancing measures to win that race. He was stripped of his medal and banned from the competition. You see, the problem with us in this faith journey is we think there are shortcuts. We think to Taiva Kesho. It doesn't work that way. There is a quote from one wise person that I know and she told me this. Everyone wants to be Nelson Mandela but nobody wants to spend 27 years in jail. To receive the crown, the glory, the shouts, the accolades, ETC, you will have to do the time. You will have to do the time. Follow the disciplines. Follow them. And this will get you to where it is. Experience the hard times. Go through the ups and downs. The in and outs. The difficulties, the joys, the sorrows. Those are part and parcel of the process of enduring In this faith journey. It happens. And so whatever situation or circumstance you're going through. Is part and parcel of God sifting you. Forging you and forming you into the likeness of his son Jesus Christ. If it's an ailment, a broken relationship the financial hardships you may have got, bad choices or good choices, or even misfortune to have fallen on you. This is a test of how you will and can endure in the faith journey. Four, the fourth phase, excuse me, the fourth phase that Paul uses is a hardworking farmer. We see this in verse 6. Now, I once went to a petrol station and parked at the car, uh, the car at the petrol pump, just there nearby the petrol pump. And I was the only car in the station, in the petrol station. In fact, it was that petrol station, Ukochini by Wilson Airport, that Shell petrol station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the attendants were, were sitting there and just looking at me, actually looking at the car. And so when they came, when the attendant eventually came to to my window and I put the window down, guess what they asked me? Unataka nini? I was going to stay saved. I just stayed saved because I was going to say something very, you know, this, I just told him, you know, whatever amount of money I had for that. You know, with an attitude like that, I'm not sure you'll get more customers. But that was that was way before they had rebranded there. Maybe there's a different management there. But Paul encourages his reader to work with diligence and the anticipation of a farmer. When you till the land. In fact, one of the people if you want to learn a lot about faith, go and meet farmers. Anyone in farming here? Anyone in farming? Not those mobile phone farming things. <laughs> Not that mobile the Farming. A farmer, okay, a farmer has what? Faith. They till the land. They prepare the land. They plant seeds. They weed. They irrigate or they wait for the rain, however they, they'll do that, with an anticipation that what? A harvest is coming. Mm. The farmer works tirelessly with the hope and the anticipation of a harvest that is coming. Paul is saying, learn from this. Maybe endurance can be appreciated more if we look at what the farmer is doing. Fifth phase. We've jumped now, skip to uh, verse 15. It says, a workman who does not need to be ashamed. There is a saying in Kikuyu, Wera ne wera. Okay, and it's translated for those who are not uh, uh, Kikuyu. Any work is what it is. Work. Sindio, Kikuyu speakers here. Am I have I got right? Any work. Any work is what it is. Work. Sindio? Okay. Yes, yes. Yes. I was close there. You see, it's an attitude that one should have about work. Not looking down on jobs or work, not looking down on, on a certain career or whatever demeaned to be low or menial. you see, Paul was using that and saying the faith journey in Jesus Christ is nothing to be ashamed of. We need to work. Not ashamed of it. We should wear the label of being a follower of Jesus Christ. A disciple, rather, of Jesus Christ with pride. Like work that brings dignity and worth to an individual. So it is with bearing the name of Jesus. We get our worth. We get our identity from Jesus. It is nothing to be ashamed of. Sixth phase. The sixth phase is this. The articles of silver and gold and clay. We see this in verse 20. Verse 20, Paul is using something here that I actually thought fascinating as I was putting this sermon series together. This particular one. Endurance calls for versatility. Let me read verse 20 for you guys. Uh, a, a bit more, so that we can we can we can appreciate this. Verse twenty says, "In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some for common use." Paul here is saying that endurance calls one for one's versatility, like the articles of different material play different roles in a large home. The Christian is called to play different roles. When I was growing up, you know, you know you're having visitors when your mom takes out those dishes that you don't usually use. Sindio, okay? Uh, those, those, those things that don't, you don't use usually, they start coming out. The forks you don't use, the, 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 all of them, they come out, okay? Because you know you're having... Uh, visitors and specific visitors, okay, and so, so, so this is what Jesus is. I mean, Paul is trying to be able to say, we we can be those valuable dishes as opposed and also. Dishes that are used regularly. He's calling us for versatility in our endurance. You will not have all your ducks in a row, guys. You will not. You will not have all the T's crossed and the dot, the I's dotted. Endurance calls us to be versatile, to adjust to the changing environments. Just as the pandemic has demanded, the the the, the COVID pandemic has demanded that we be more creative and innovative to survive. So it is with this faith journey. What are some of the things we have developed? What are the character? Things? What have we learned about ourselves? What are the healthy coping mechanisms we have gained through the pandemic that we can now take on to our new normal? Endurance calls us to be that way, versatile. The seventh phase to be an instrument of noble purposes, in verse 21. We say, Paul writes, if a man or a woman cleanses him or herself of the latter, which means he has sin, there will be an instrument of noble purposes. In Nairobi Chapel, our staff team, and around many of our Nairobi Chapel um, churches, there is a term, we who have been in the staff for, for long, uh, call, I call it CID consider it done. This is the language speak of the staff team. When when you're called upon to do a task, a response that is expected of you is consider it done. I actually think this is an attitude we should be having all the time, not just at work. Once a believer, always a believer. And so when God demands of you something, your response should be a All right, sir. Just read your Bible. That's what obedience is. Okay? If you obey me, Scripture says, let me read verse, uh, verse uh, John chapter 14. Uh, so I, I'll just explain to you the benefits of walking in obedience with God. Um, John 14 and verse 21. Let me not uh, misquote us here. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love him and show myself to him. John 14:21. This is why it is important for us to have the posture of our heart saying consider it done, Lord. Once a believer, it behooves us that you meet the expectation called upon each one of you, each one of us, to be faithful. In verse 14, if we are faithless, God will remain faithful. He cannot disown himself. You see, endurance calls on us to be faithful, to be reliable when duty calls. This is part and parcel of endurance. I think one of the things that, um, that, uh, that gets us is that when, when a Kenyan, you're getting into a contract with a Kenyan, and, and a Kenyan says they are a believer, they are a Christian. What's your first reaction? Hmm. Don't do it. Isn't that a bad, bad, that's just a bad, you know, we're doing business, and I, know, and I know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Hmm. In your head, you just hear that voice, don't do it. But you see, that's the problem with us. That's our problem. I was speaking with a businessman earlier this year, and he was telling me about how some business people go in, get a contract or a purchasing order from one business, go to the bank, Get financial, um, a financial instrument, and don't deliver on that business, and go and do some other business. They'll still pay the bank, but they don't go and do meet that purchasing order because they're not legally required. They paid whatever it was for that tender and got it, but they don't do that. They, so, because the bank for the bank bora unatuli unatulipa. But here they do this. And you see, and some of those are believers. Mm, 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 mm. We cannot do this. Endurance calls. If you're a believer in business, endure. Be faithful. Be reliable. If you're a teacher, endure. Be faithful and reliable. If you're a medic, endure. Be faithful and reliable. If you're a marketer, endure, be faithful and reliable. If you are a tenderpreneur, endure, be faithful and reliable. If you are unemployed, endure, be faithful. However, if you bear the name of Jesus Christ, persevere, endure. God calls us to be faithful and to be reliable. The lastly, as I close, he uses, I think the best analogy for me is the Lord's servant. This face, the eighth face, in verse 24, says, I once, I, 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 I once heard someone say Christians are pushovers, and cited Jesus Christ as one who could have fought back when he was being persecuted. That was the example. So Christians are pushovers. In response to that, a bright and articulate believer responded to this particular statement. He says, never mistake weak, weakness meekness for weakness. I'll repeat, never mistake meekness for weakness. In other words, meekness is power under control. James tells his readers in in James chapter 1 and verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, verse 3, (coughs) because you know that the testing of your faith produces, wait for it, wait for it, perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So I want to suggest to you that service is a mark of endurance. It doesn't matter who you are in the house of God. Serve. Serve. I remember back in the day when I was in uh, Nairobi Chapel, before we had planted the many churches that we are today, there was a man, he was a CEO. You could see him on, during the week on TV, a business captain. Business captain doing this, but then when he comes to church on a Sunday, he is serving in ministry. One of the former chief justices that we've had used to be an usher in his church. Mpaka people just said, you know what, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Find some. It's, It's one thing you know you are here, okay? You're here. You come to church. For those of you who came earlier. Yes, I was greeting people at the door. Okay, those of you who came earlier. Okay. um, I was greeting people at the door. So imagine that is the chief justice of the Republic of Kenya greeting you. That's what it was. This was a couple of chief justices ago. Because he wanted to serve. An influential person serving in that capacity as an usher. Before God, there's no respecter of people, of persons. So Paul is here telling him service is a mark of endurance. Serve! God is calling us to serve. We need people, guys, we need people to to help with our PPI program here at Uhuru Gardens. We need mentors. It stopped during COVID, but we're asking you, we did this a couple of weeks ago, do it. Come, help. Help us. Help us with our children's ministries. Help us with our teens' ministries. These young people need mentors with our youth. Help us in that. (coughs) There are many other places of engagement that we need, that we can. So serve. Jesus said to Matthew in Matthew 20, 26, whoever wants to be great among you must be a servant. Paul was emphasizing to Timothy that endurance is not about you. It's about the value addition that you make to other people's lives. These eight pictures of endurance should give each one of us a better appreciation of how to endure in this faith journey. Thank you, Father God, for your truth. Sanctify us with your truth. For your word is truth. Amen. Amen. We're done with today's service. Hallelujah. The sermon was short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, t- I took 25 minutes. Please let's stand up. And look at that person you looked at when I asked you before. He said, Look at them. Okay? And do this to them. Do this to them. Nakwona, nakwona. So after this service, go. Receive God's blessings and tell a friend, to tell a friend that there are people of God here who meet every Sunday at Uhuru Gardens Primary who love God, who are trying this faith journey and trying to be real with one another. So, receive God's blessings. Father God, we thank you in the name of Jesus. For each one that you have blessed this church with. We thank you and we bless you. I pray, Father God, for your people today. That indeed, Lord, you bless the work of their hands. And that, Lord, as they attempt, Father, to walk faithfully in this faith journey. That, Lord God, you would give them the grace to endure. I pray that, Father God, you would bless them. Order their steps. For you say in your word, the The steps of a righteous person are ordered by you. Father, may your word illuminate the truth, your truth, your agenda, because your word is a light unto their path and a lamp unto their feet. I pray that, Father God, you'd fill them with joy. So much so that they would tell of your goodness, your faithfulness, your grace, and your mercy. I pray that, Father God, you would keep the fellowship in this church alive beyond Sunday. That as we interact with one another in the different communities, our small groups and others, Father God, you'd continue to bless us in the name of Jesus. Dismiss us with your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.